I had no idea that's how sheep were born. That just totally blew me away. I, I thought they were born like everything else. You know, I thought the stork brought them. I didn't realize that, uh, that you could grow sheep that way. That, that's amazing. Uh, well, that's, that's why we need shepherds. That's what shepherds do. Uh, because sometimes sheep get themselves lost. And it's not always a matter of wandering off looking for greener pastures or, or better places. Sometimes sheep get stuck in dark places. We say the word lost. The lost doesn't cover it. It's trapped. It is stuck. And, and if left in that place, it is also dying. Tuesday, in my email that I sent out, I asked the question, what is the most lost you have ever been? And I got some great responses. I have to point out, I only got responses from women. No men responded to the question, what's the most lost you've been? And that's because men don't get lost, right? We, that's right. We take alternate routes. We take scenic routes. We meant to be here. Well, maybe not. I had some great responses. One person wrote and said, we took a trip to Six Flags, took a wrong turn coming home, ended up in a very scary part of East St. Louis. I've done that before too. I was driving. Here was a great, here's a really good response. I remember trying to be a cool eight-year-old farm kid one time. I wanted to show three Chicago suburb kids how much fun it was to cut through the cornfield and get to my aunt and uncle's house. Now mind you, I had never done that in my life. We had no sense of direction and got lost and it was forever before we found our way out of that cornfield. Panic mode times four. We ended up taking the road back home and we got spanked. <laughs> you earned it. You deserved it. One of the things that, that struck me as I read your stories though, is all it took was one wrong turn. All it took was just just one wrong turn. One response was, was about a, taking a wrong turn in Chicago, and the next thing you know, you're on your way to Indiana. Been there, done that one also. One misplaced set of instructions, and suddenly every condo looks the same, and you can't remember which one you've rented, and you can't remember, wh not only have you rented it, but you've left all of your stuff there, including your cell phone, right? Everything was in the condo, and you couldn't remember which one was yours. You see, too often we think of lost sheep as, as people who've been bad. Lost sheep are people who have run away from Jesus. But the reality is, like the video we saw, sometimes a sheep just gets stuck somewhere. And like your stories, all it takes is one wrong turn, one little mistake. I want you to keep that in mind as we look at the story that Jesus tells today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15, verses 1-7. through If you want to follow along in those Bibles, those blue books in front of you are Bibles. If you want to follow along with, with one of those, it's on page 874. We call this the parable of the lost sheep. <clears throat> if this story is a parable, that was Jesus' favorite method of teaching. Jesus loved to tell stories. Everyone loves stories. Everyone loves to hear a story. And, and it's great when you, you hear a story that you can really relate to. But when it comes to a parable, a parable is a story that's got a hook on the end of it. And, and before you know it, you're enjoying this story that Jesus is telling you, and the next thing you know, He's hooked you and He's got you. I want you to notice who He's hooking in this parable. It says there in, in verses 1 and 2, Now the tax collectors and sinners 
were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. The Pharisees, those were the self-righteous religious crowd. They were upset that Jesus was spending time with, uh, well, with the fun people. <laughs> Jesus was spending time with the, with the fun people. And he shows us through this parable that the heart of God is a heart that's for the lost, and that that is the heart that we ought to have as well. Verse 3 says, and so he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Jesus doesn't tell us this story so that we can identify the lost sheep. Jesus doesn't tell us this story so we can point fingers and say, there's one. You know, there's one right there. I see it. Yep, there's a lost sheep right over there. He doesn't tell us the story so we can point out who the lost sheep are. He tells us this story so that we will know His heart. We will, know, we will know the heart of Christ, that we will understand His heart, and that we will be able to imitate His heart. If we are not actively seeking the lost, then we've not understood the heart of Jesus. And what we have to see from Jesus' story is that every sheep is important. I recently stated in, in one of my messages, I made the statement that the most important people in our church are our guests. The most important people in our church are, are the guests, the people who, who visit us. And that's, that's true. And if you're a guest today, we welcome you. We thank you for being here. We, we hope you feel at home. We're, we're glad that you're here. But I had a couple people, a couple different people came up to me after I'd said that, and they said, you know, we almost took offense at that. You know, we, we almost took offense that you said that because we've been here for a long time. And I love that you almost took offense at that. Because it tells me, first of all, you understand your value to Jesus. That, that you mean the world to Jesus. But it also tells me that you've come to understand grace doesn't mean anything if we're not willing to pass it on to other people. Grace means nothing if we're not willing to pass it on to those who need it the most. We've rightly understood that, that the church is to be like a hospital for those who are hurting. In fact, Jesus tells us in, in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came to call the, not the righteous, but sinners. And then in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. But you know, if we, if we hung a big sign out in front of the church, we hung a big sign out in front, lit it up and said, this is a hospital for your souls. This is a, this is a soul hospital. If, if your soul is wounded, come here and we'll heal you. We'll make sure that you get healed. People, we, we would expect people to come. But what Jesus tells us by His story and by His example is that the lost need seeking. It requires more than just a big sign to bring them in. It, it requires an investment 
of our time, our energy, our resources, and our hearts. I want you to hear how personal Jesus makes this parable. In verse 4, He says, what man of you having a hundred sheep? Jesus tells three parables in this chapter that all fit together. There's the parable of the lost sheep. The second parable is the parable of the lost coin. He tells about a woman who has ten silver coins and she loses one of them. And he says in verse 8, or what woman having ten silver coins? He's making this personal to us. And it would be easy for us to say, I lost a sheep. Ah! I still got 99, still coming out ahead. You know, I'll do fine with 99 sheep. It would be easy for us to think, well, I had 10 silver coins, I've lost one. Ah, I've still got nine silver coins. I'll be fine. I I can come out ahead with that. But that, that misses the point. The lostness of the sheep does not change the value of the sheep, does it? It's still a sheep, it's just a lost sheep. The lostness of the coin does not change the value of the coin, it's still a coin. The lostness doesn't change the value. The lostness diminishes the whole. The lostness diminishes us. It diminishes the flock. It diminishes the church. There are lost people right here in our community. Do we understand that their being lost diminishes who we are? It takes away from us. Do we see just how important those lost sheep are? But because... The sheep is lost. It's necessary that we invest in searching. And Jesus shows us that lost sheep demand our attention. So in the parable, in the story, shepherd getting ready to put his sheep down for the night. He counts them and he counts 99. There's one one little sheep that's missing. And so he leaves the 99 in the open country. That always just sounded wrong to me. You know, he leaves them in the open country? That, that sounds dangerous. And, and the King James, if you're reading the King James, it makes it even sound even worse because in the King James it says he left them in the wilderness. And that just, that just sounds really, really bad. But you have to understand, that's, that's where you left sheep, in the, in the open country. You didn't take sheep to bed down in the, in the forest. You didn't bed them down where all the trees were. You didn't bed them down where all the rocks were. You took them out into the open country so you could watch them. And, it, and he's not leaving them alone. He's gonna be, they're going to be cared for by others. But that one lost sheep, that one lost sheep demanded attention. That sheep could be wounded. It could have been attacked by a wolf and and it would have to be cared for. That lost sheep could have been stuck in a hole and it would have had to have been pulled out. It might require medical attention. It might have required being carried home and he couldn't do that if he was taking care of 99 other sheep also. And so the shepherd goes out in search of that one missing sheep. And what you can't miss from the story is that Jesus takes the initiative to find that lost sheep. Jesus takes the initiative. He goes in search of the lost sheep. The shepherd doesn't count the sheep and see that one's missing and say, well, let him sow his wild oats. You know, he'll come back when he's ready. You know, he doesn't take that attitude. The shepherd doesn't count the sheep and see that one's missing and say, you know, he knows where we are. I mean, we've got this big building with a steeple on it. It's pretty hard to miss. It says church on the side of it. They know what time we do this. They, they'll come back when they're ready. It's not what, the, not what the shepherd does. The heart of the shepherd, the heart of Jesus, compels him to go in search of the lost one. If we're not actively seeking the lost, then we've not understood the heart of 
of Jesus. There's a little story that I've shared many times about what it means to be a shepherd. Sheep ha- shepherds have to watch out for sheep. Shepherds have a big responsibility when it comes to sheep. I mean, sometimes sheep do run off and the shepherd has to go find them. Sometimes sheep, you would not believe how many sheep get stuck in holes like, like what you saw there. That happens a lot because there are sinkholes on a lot of these islands where people are raising sheep. And so they have to go find the sheep that's stuck in the sinkhole. Uh, sometimes sheep get attacked. Sometimes they just wander off. Sometimes they fall off cliffs and they have to be picked up. But, but one of the big problems with sheep is that sometimes a sheep falls over. And if, if a sheep is, is covered with wool, you know, if it's laden with wool and a sheep falls over, it can't get back up. It's kind of like a turtle. It'll, it'll just lay there and it'll flop around and it'll, it'll, it'll kick its feet. The shepherds call it being cast. That sheep cannot get back up on its feet. And that sheep will lay there and get distressed and it will kick and kick and kick until it wears itself out and a lot of cast sheep will end up dying. And so part of the shepherd's job is to go out looking for that sheep that's fallen off its feet. That sheep that's fallen over. You guys love Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Sometimes those sheep get so distressed that they need to be restored. And so a shepherd has to watch for sheep that have been knocked off their feet. See, sometimes the problem isn't that the sheep has run away. Sometimes the problem is the sheep can't run home. It can't bring itself to get up. It can't bring itself to go to the source of help, the source of protection, the source of love. So you look at, you look at the lost sheep in our community. And you look at the lost sheep in your families. And sometimes we think they know where we are. They, they know where the church is. We, we built this big building for crying out loud. They want us. They can come find us. They know what time services are. They can figure it out. But the reality is some people around us have been knocked off their feet. They've been through depression that has them stuck in a, in a deep hole or or it's been stress that has just eaten them up, or, or maybe an addiction, or maybe there's some circumstance that is beyond their control, and they simply can't bring themselves to get back up and come here. So in Psalm 23, verse 3, it says of the shepherd, He restores my soul. And the imagery in that statement, He restores my soul, is of a shepherd finding a sheep that is cast and rolling it over on its side and gently petting the sheep rubbing the legs until circulation returns. And then once the sheep's legs start kicking a little bit, he lifts him up and lets him stand. He wobbles for a little bit, but pretty soon he's able to run off and join the rest of the herd. He restores their soul, fixing what is broken on the inside so the sheep can come home. Jesus wants us to go to the lost sheep. He wants to to use our hands. He wants to use our feet. And He wants to use our hearts. And when the sheep come home, Jesus' story tells us that when the sheep come home, every sheep is worth celebrating. There are two other parables that go along with this one. There is the parable of the woman with the lost coin that starts in verse 8. And then on down in verse 11, there is the parable of the lost son. A parable that we more commonly call the parable of the prodigal son. Good job. Great. Thank you. 
the parable of the prodigal son. All three stories are about someone losing something. A sheep, a coin, and a son. All three stories end with the lost sheep being brought home, the coin being found, and the son coming back home. But the climax of the story is not those being found. The climax is a party. He says in verse 6, and he comes home, he calls his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost. In verse 9, with the woman with the lost coin, and when she found it, she called together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. And when it comes to the lost son, the father says in verse 32, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And what Jesus reminds us is, as great as our celebrations can be here, heaven also celebrates. He says in verse 7, Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Our celebrations cannot compete with heaven's, but they should echo heaven's celebration. Every sheep is worth celebrating. I love it when we get to celebrate here. I love it when we enable other people to celebrate. That's why we do the generous buckets, by the way. If you see the orange buckets around here, those are generous buckets. We ask everybody to bring a dollar. Everybody brings a dollar every week. Some people bring more. We ask everyone to bring a dollar and put it in the bucket, and and we help create stories of amazing grace. It's not just about paying bills. It's not just about meeting needs. It's not just about helping people out of tight spots. It's about creating stories of amazing grace because there are people in our community who have no stories of grace at all. You and I, with just a few dollars a month, we give them a story. We give them a reason to celebrate. It's why a couple of months ago, I showed you the three knots. I showed you the the three knots from, from the North Point Church. When should you invite people to come to church? There are three knots to look for. Number one, when things are not going well. Maybe they've got themselves stuck in a hole somewhere. When things are not going well, it's a great opportunity to invite people to come to church. Number two, when they are not prepared for something. Maybe it's a new challenge in their life. Maybe a bad diagnosis. Maybe it's a new opportunity that they're just not ready for. But it's an opportunity for us to invite them. The third not is easy. When you find out they're not going to church. When you find out they're, they're not going anywhere. That's a great time to invite someone to church. These are the people that Jesus is seeking. These are the people that are on His heart. And if we're not actively seeking the lost, if we're not actively inviting people, then we've not understood the heart of Jesus. Verse 7, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. We can't be here for the hurting and not celebrate their healing. We can't be here for people who are hurting and then not celebrate their healing. If we've understood our role to be sharing the gospel and not celebrating when they come, then we've missed out on heaven's favorite party, heaven's favorite activity. And we've also missed out on the value of that one lost individual, the one for whom Jesus is seeking, the one for whom He died, and the one for whom He longs to celebrate and celebrate with us. 
couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I had the, I had the privilege of baptizing Catherine uh, here uh, after service one day. If you've ever baptized someone, um, you get this very unique perspective being the one standing there baptizing them. It's, it's a very unique perspective that, that no one else gets. I mean, when they come up out of the water, you get to see them cough and sputter sometimes, and sometimes they wipe the water out of their eyes and they've got water in their nose. But immediately after you get them up out of the water, there is this smile on their face. And they are just overjoyed in that moment. Catherine came out of the water smiling that morning, and the first thing she said to me with a big smile on her face, she said, I'm so happy. And this story tells me Jesus is so happy too, Catherine. I've seen people practically bounce. One, one kid I baptized, he came up out of the water. I didn't have to lift him up. He bounced right out of the water. And he turned to me and he said, thank you! That's the same joy that heaven experiences when the lost is found. When they finally come home. My thought at a baptism is always, who's next? Whenever we have a baptism, my thought is always, who will we be celebrating next? Uh, who's out there? Maybe not even in here today. Who's out there that is lost, that has been knocked down? Who's out there that desperately is in need of Jesus? Desperately in need of being found? Who's, whose story will we get to help complete? Whose story of grace will we celebrate? You know, Being faithful to Jesus doesn't mean just being faithful to His message, although that's a very important part. Being faithful to Jesus means being faithful to His heart. Being faithful to His celebration. We need to make sure that we are giving heaven a reason to celebrate by seeking those who need Him so badly, by bringing them home, by rejoicing with them. It's Mother's Day. Max Lucado in one of his books tells a story about a mother. Her name was Maria, and she was a widow. And they, She lived in a, in a little village in Brazil with her 15-year-old daughter, Christina. And Christina, she didn't like the little Brazilian village. She wanted to see the big city. She wanted to see the bright lights. She wanted to experience it all. And so one day, Maria came home from her minimum wage paying job to find that Christina was gone that she had packed up everything that meant anything to her, and she had simply left. And so Maria took what little money she had, and she went to the pharmacy. She went to the drugstore. They had one of those photo booths there. And she took picture after picture of herself, putting money in the slot over and over again, taking picture after picture of herself. And with what little money she had left, she bought a train ticket to Rio de Janeiro because she knew that's where her daughter would be going. She arrived and she took those pictures and she put them up on bulletin boards all over the city. Not, not in the good places, but in the bad places. The, the holes where a person can get stuck. And she put those pictures up all over the city on bulletin boards. About a month later, Christina, the joy gone from her eyes, the joy gone from her heart, she stepped out of a Flophouse hotel room that had been rented for an hour. And she wondered what had become of her life. And she walked down the steps. And Christina looked over at the bulletin board right there by the door. And there was a familiar face. It was the face of her mother. She took that 
picture off the bulletin board. She flipped it over and on the back of every picture, her mother had written the words, whatever you've done, whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. Please, just come home. And she did. Remember the song we used to sing? Sometimes we still sing. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Help me out because I'm no good on my own. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals He's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me. Come home. Come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O sinner, come home. That's the heart of the shepherd. That's to be our heart as well. Let's stand together and pray. Father, you have never given up on us. You keep searching and searching for the lost. And we who are here today ask that you would never give up on us. Continue to soften and mold and remake our hearts until they are like the heart of Jesus, our shepherd. And may we search for the lost with the same heart that he searched for with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace.